ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and my guest this week is Monica Bozanov, who is with us all the way from Sweden. And that's what I love about um, this global world, this global uh, uh, business that I'm in, and that I can speak and meet to meet people from all over the world. And, and so welcome, Monica, to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Janice. Thank you, Monica. I want to tell my audience a little bit about you. I know that, first of all, what I love is that we met through networking, global networking on a Zoom call, and we then took the conversation off um, offline and had a face-to-face -face through Zoom, which was amazing. And then we've done a little bit of work together, which we can talk about as we go forward. So Monica's uh, specialty is the inner game of money. And she started her business 10 years ago um, as she tried, wait, I'm going to read what it says here because I messed it up already. As I started my business a decade ago, I tried the money mindset thing only to find myself doing mental gymnastics. So um, uh, Monica approached it in probably a more um, traditional way and then came to the realization and understanding that she didn't have a mindset problem, but an alignment problem. And then things started to shift for her. Uh, aligning her nervous system and her emotions with the cognitive mind is what made the difference. The body, mind, and money connection that is, as she calls it, the inner game of money. So let's just dig right in there, Monica. What does that mean? Do share with my audience. Yes, it, it means that we uh, there's so much mindset work out there and people are trying to you you hear this all the time you have to control your emotions right your mind needs to be stronger than your emotions because somehow we get that our emotions are getting in our way right now the problem is that our emotions are always stronger than our mind sure so, yeah so that makes it a constant thug of war and the emotions always win like 85 percent of the time the emotions win and that's why it's so exhausting that this mindset game because you're the, the mind is kind of the underdog we we love the brain actually loves to to think of itself as the master right mm -hmm. it's not it's just a processor and, and it receives all sorts of uh, information from we now know that there are neurons on our heart, right? Hmm. There's actually a little brain uh, on our heart. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is like really new science. There, there are a lot of neurons in our stomach. So there's more information coming to the brain from the body than the other way around. Okay. So if that information 
is not aligned with the cognitive thinking, then guess who's winning? It's the body all the time. Mm-hmm. So that could come out in negative ways as well, right? Like we could get sick or or we react differently to things because mm-hmm. our yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if you look at it in a more holistic way, then pain, physical pain is very often just emotions trying to communicate with us. I remember myself, money was always um, a, a really uh, frustrating thing for me. And I remember having conversations with people that I really maybe didn't know that well, and it would trigger something that would make me very upset and almost and sometimes bring me to tears because it came from so deep within um, about the emotions I had around money. And, and so I, I kind of know what you're talking about. I, I feel as though I've worked through it pretty much and shifted some things, but I know that it's like, it can be really debilitating. It can be really uh, uh, stop you in your tracks. Yes. And and that's why, uh, for me, it's such an important message to get out there because so many people are losing out and they're being told, just get your head right. It's Mm -hmm. all between your ears Mm -hmm. and it's really not. It goes so much deeper. It's actually a nervous system thing. Uh When you think of the brain, we, we often talk about the central nervous system. So the brain is just the top part of the central nervous system. Then you have the whole spine, right? Mm -hmm. With all these bundles of nerves and there's tons of information there. And we learn so much before the age of seven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, And so all of that stuff is, it's both in our subconscious brain, but it's also in our nervous system, in the lower part of the central nervous system. the the spine and all the nerves that that connect to connective tissue to different organs so that's where for me the gold is because those are the things that we never question we just you know all the things that people say like you have to work hard for the money Mm. most of us have that and we did not have parents that were slackers right Mm-hmm. They, were, they were all working really hard. So we saw that, we witnessed it as mm-hmm. children. So we learned that this is the truth. And now we're living in a digital world and still people are working so hard for the money. Yeah. Because they never question it. So, so that's why we need to look at our family story, at our rela- the relationship and the dynamics in the, the family that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And that is where we find actually the root causes of this. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's those old adages that you heard as a child, whether it was finish the food on your plate because the children in China are starving, or it was money doesn't grow on trees, or um, uh, money is the root of all evil. All of those expressions that were very common back when I was growing up anyway, and I'm dating myself, but you, those things get replicated and brought down from generation, right? If you don't make those switches or changes. And I'm guessing that's where the, the crux of what you, of your work is. Exactly. So that is, I have all these different processes where 
we identify exactly because i can hear in people's language i can hear where where the blocks are right so then i use visualization because the cognitive brain is good with words but our subconscious is really bad with words it doesn't understand words but it understands pictures and visual images okay and then we can get to because memories are always connected to an emotion right mm -hmm. so yes. if we bring up those memories then we can identify exactly where that idea or that belief came from and then we can work on it and do you find that now do you work mostly one-on-one -on -one with people then yeah, I mostly one on one, but also in group, because there's something that happens when you work in a group around these issues, because we kind of bring out each other's stuff. Okay. Um, so what I was thinking, though, is, uh, do you find that uh, if you get to the to the crux of the the emotions that or the the issue that happened for somebody did they resist is there a lot of resistance around the change yes you're not yes yes yeah, yeah. there is but the the resistance you know we often talk about resistance as a glass ceiling or something you have to push through right but the resistance is actually from below from our history so when we identify it when we when we become conscious conscious of, uh, about where the block is then we can see it we can perceive it and then the logical next step is to actually work on it and that is why i then use this body mind technique well see i i'm thinking that part of the resistance for somebody would be um, the fear of change, the fear of, even though I don't like that I have this thing, whatever it is, um, it, it's been with me for so long and it make, and it reminds me of my father or my mother or whatever. And it, it kind of, you get shrouded in that not wanting to change. Does that happen for people? Oh yeah. Loyalty, family loyalty. Mm. It's, okay. it's huge. We all stay, you know, we all have this loyalty kind of vow to our family. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing when we're children, because as children, we get, we just get that I need to be loved and I need to be taken care of, or I won't survive. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so this is one of the other things that I kind of I have a problem with it when people say the stress reaction and then they start talking about saber tooth tigers on the savannah and that's why you can't make a change, you know, because you get into stress. <laughs> well, actually, it's much closer to that. It's from our own childhood. We knew that to survive, I need to stay loyal to the family paradigm. Mm -hmm. People like us, you know, we are hard workers. We're poor, but we're noble and those rich people. And so that gets ingrained with all the other family values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then breaking those rules can be really, really hard because we, when we push against that, it, we really feel that we're breaking the rules and we're, we're putting ourselves in outside the comfort zone and maybe even in a dangerous situation. But that's kind of part of 
growing up and being an adult and taking responsibility for our own lives we need to 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 choose our own values our own story our own truths how do i want to live right because otherwise we're just children still living the family paradigm yes that's so true that is so true and i i've i've been there and that you know i think that uh i remember thinking okay so it's the inner child in me that um put my father on a pedestal for example for many many years and yet as an adult i had to grapple with some things around why he shouldn't be on a pedestal and um and so on so yes i get it now I did a little bit of um, introductory work with you and it was fascinating. And so I'd like to um, I'd like you to share with my audience a little bit of how you work, uh, how you take people through that process, because you use a, a, a technique that it's I think it's worldwide, but not a lot of people that I know do it. So I just I'm curious. Yeah, so it's, it's called tapping or emotional freedom technique, the technique that I use, the tool and I combine that with visualization. And so there's a lot of people using tapping. So the most common use for tapping is to decrease the stress reaction, because that's what actually happens in our blood that the, the level of adrenaline and cortisol just goes down really fast as soon as you start tapping. So it's mm. very good for stress management, but it wasn't really designed to be used for stress management. It was designed to help people with severe phobias and PTSD to transform out of that state and get into a normal functioning state. So that's how it was um, first uh, used. Was it with military people or? It's been um... used a lot with PTSD amongst uh, veterans with very high success uh, and and severely traumatized people so so that's the how it all began it was actually discovered by sort of by an accident that hmm. it was so efficient for severe phobias mm -hmm. uh, but then a few of us have started using tapping for high performance Ah. yeah and now it gets interesting so now yeah. it's just not you know it's not from ptsd into a normal state it's not just feel good tapping i want to feel better but it's helping you to shift into the flow into the empowerment that the state that you want to be in and to reach those goals that that mm -hmm. seems so impossible because when you use it the right way you can actually get into deep into your lower nervous system where where you can actually be in a state where you get empowered where you can access all of those emotions and all of the the you know the power that you have so are you in a sense when you're teaching and and um, coaching somebody through a session with um eft or tapping um i know that you do some um some pre-work before you get to the tapping and the to get to the root cause or the visualizing things and so on um do you um oh, i forgot what i was going to say um do you see uh oh i'm sorry I, it just left me it'll come back but um <clears throat> 
yes. Um, when you when you use the the process with people, do you see any? Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, does it involve then a form of um, uh, um, hypno hypnotherapy? in a way that's what i was going to say sorry yeah. about that so, so when we tap we do get into like the, the brain that's what I was yeah. yeah the brain waves changes a little bit so you you get slightly hypnotized okay uh, but you're fully aware of what's happening so so it's not that i do it you do it yourself but the brain waves changes a little bit so that you become a little bit, bit more uh, receptive to what's going on in your own system so so when we do the tapping like when when i started tapping with people i started tapping right away right i don't do that anymore but rather That's listen to okay what's going on what mm -hmm. is what's behind the words mm -hmm. and we do a lot of sensing where in the body is can we find the emotion because that gives me a lot of clues as to what is going on because we have different levels of consciousness mm -hmm. in our body you know mm -hmm. because we we feel we don't feel love in our head we feel it in our heart for instance right, right. yeah so so give me an can you give me an example of of sort of like the perfect client that you work with who's wanting to um uh, raise their level of uh, performance yeah so uh, I work best with people that are really ambitious and that are successful already and that have done a lot of personal work mm -hmm. because they kind of know what it takes and they have this willingness yes. to actually look inside because yeah, they're not they're not putting this fear thing up saying, okay, what are you trying to do to me? Kind of thing. Yeah, like it's yeah. you're open. Yeah. yeah. And they're not playing the blame game anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, well, would they so yes, they've all they've they've come to a certain level of understanding of people and of themselves. And so they're open to what you have to say. Yes. Uh, and also I, I use I can give some examples. For instance, the the CPA that does wonders for his clients finances yes. and his own finances mm, they're kind of a mess for no obvious reason right because he has yeah. the skills and the knowledge but somehow he just can't make it happen for himself or the successful entrepreneur that is just like kind of stuck at, at a good level financially mm -hmm. but not able to move to the right level yeah, yeah to the right level and it feels often they describe it as if there is a glass ceiling when actually i know that it's a pull from you know the family story and the the experiences and all of the you know the, the luggage that we carry around mm -hmm. uh, and also very often i see this is something that people do not talk about but you know that serial entrepreneur that makes money and then loses them Mm -hmm. and then he makes them and then he loses them again and he does that again and again and again mm -hmm. that's also a very typical thing that is so easy to to fix with these processes because you can get to the core issue and 
no one likes to hear this, but the core issue is usually anger and it's around the parents, usually the father, the person that brought home the money, the person mm. that was in control because money can be used in the family as mm -hmm. an instrument for control, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I often see with, with my clients that the whole family dynamics change when we start doing this work. So they say, wow, my father is completely different. You know, you're not secretly tapping with him, are you? <laughs> <laughs> because when we do our own work on the inside, the, the reality on the outside changes. And people will change or just because we changed, because there's not this tension anymore. Because it's how we, because we can only change us. We can't change them. So it's how we see things. It's the lens from which we're viewing them that makes a difference and the way we're reacting or acting with them, right? That makes a difference. And that's tough, you know, that's, that's a very difficult thing to do. And I think um, I kind of question that all the time with, someone in my life who I think, when will they get over that hump of it not always being somebody else's fault, you know? Yes. And mm -hmm. what is it that's stopping them from doing that? Yeah. And, you know? and that, yeah, and we can get so stuck. I mean, I've certainly been there, you know? Why, why won't they do this for me? Why did they do that to me, right? And that is a really horrible place to be. And you're only mm -hmm. hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. And we but you might not see that. You might not see that yet, right? And so, and somebody can't make you see that. So when does that light go on? Or maybe it never will, I guess. I don't know. For some, for some people, it never will. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we can do is to be an example. And, and that very often happens. I mean, it's it sure for sure happened in my life. You know, I've been tapping for 15 years. And now my whole family is tapping, but it did take 15 years for them and to get it. What did it switch for you? What was it that was it you wanting, first of all, uh, looking for a way to change something? in your world and then you found that this worked for you so you continued and learned more about it and so on is that yeah I mean, yeah. you don't have to share with me what it was but um but it must have been something significant yes it was and i don't mind telling it i had i was diagnosed burnt out and depressed 20 years mm -hmm. ago okay and i kind of hit rock bottom and i felt shame oh wow because everyone else that i knew that was you know that had uh, been diagnosed burnt out they were out changing the world doing big things right and i hadn't really done anything and it was kind of painful and it took me many years to get that the reason i was burnt out was that i didn't have personal boundaries that were strong enough and i was holding back trying to i was people pleasing and people pleasing is not my strong <laughs> you know, my strongest yeah. side. So it, it drained me on a lot of energy. That took me a lot of work and many years to realize 
because I did not know that you could be burnt out from holding back. That is kind of counterintuitive. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm, I feel better when I push myself, when I go outside of my comfort zone than when I stay within. Well, that to me seems like you had a shield around you supposedly protecting you, but it wasn't, it was harming you. Yes. But did that also come from, um, maybe as a child being um, um, afraid all the time or uh, a parent who, you know, was like, was always doing, no, you can't do that or be careful of that. No, you can't because you might fall like that negative influence. Yes. I had a very um, a situation when I was two where I thought that my relatives, one of my relatives, that she was actually going to kill me. Okay. Yeah. So, so what the, the, her goal was to shut me up. And so sometimes we seen and not heard. <laughs> so, some, you know, I was very verbal at the age of two and I, you know, I didn't know the boundaries Yes. and yes. there were some things being said very loud and I was very uh, verbal. I had very developed language at that time. And this person was probably told to just shut that kid up right? Yeah. This is not something to talk about. But, and what happened, you know, I have, a, I don't have a cognitive memory of this, right? right? Because you don't when you're two, but I had a very physical memory of not being able to breathe. Uh, yeah. So, so when you stop someone from breathing, they can't speak up, right? So what happened was that I was not taken out of that shock by the grown-ups around me at the time. I was living for a week with relatives. So, so no one helped me out of that shock because that when, when, when a child goes, you know, too far or is not, you know, following the rules or is disobedient, then you need to you, you need to keep them in a safe spot, even though you don't like what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And that did not happen. So I stayed in that shock. So it took me, me decades. I didn't know that this had happened. Of course, of course. So, so that's what, what started the whole thing. It was a severe shock in a very early age. And I, didn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to take myself out of the shock. So I kind of lived in a freeze, freeze response. So, so when I get out of that, then I could, you know, use what I had, the gifts that I have for, you know, in a very different way. And I could be very um, much more verbal uh, and uh, I could do things that I couldn't do before. So do you, do you have children, Monica? I don't have any biological children, no. Oh, okay. Um, are there, were there children in your world? In your life, I, yeah. yes, yeah. So you could possibly see, like, did some, would it, would something ever be triggered that wow, that's what was happening to me as a child because I'm seeing A, B, or C happening or not happening with these children, and would that help you know uh, put things into perspective in a different way? Well, I've certainly always had a very strong you know sensation of if I see uh, uh, someone treating a child badly, it's like, uh, you know, I react instantly. 
yeah, a so very, very strong physical reaction. And I now see that that was because, you know, no one came to my rescue. Yeah, so I, I can feel that it's like a physical reaction in my spine. You know, I just want to go and, you know, take and you can't take away. You, you can't go and take people's children, you know, no. 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 <laughs> even but, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating, though, because, you know, your relationships and, you know, I'm all about relationships, but those relationships, your initial first relationships with family and people that were there to protect you and and love you and whatever that makes wow it's so important that that you're a good influence on people i mean i have a two-year almost two-year-old granddaughter and um and i see things so differently now than with my own children you know and it's such a different perspective and you see how much they rely on you. I mean, when you're a parent, you don't have a, a handbook per se on how to be a parent. I mean, there's lots of books out there, but um, they don't teach you this is going to happen. You're going to have a fight with your 15 year old daughter based on whatever. It's like so many things that there's no handbook for. And so you you react, you rely on your experience, whether that was good or bad. Right. Yeah. 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 So interesting. So, um, okay. So we got kind of sidetracked, but in a way, in a good way, because, um, we talked about the CPA who, you know, his own books were a mess, but he was able to help other people. Do you ever work with, I'm, I'm curious, do you ever work with high-performing athletes? That's the first thing I did actually. Uh, oh, really? I, okay. yeah, because, uh, tapping is, amazing for you know because it's so calming yes. so in any sport that you need and in every sport you do need to focus uh and so yes i've been working with uh basketball players i've been working with yeah many athletes uh, uh i i found it fascinating but i'm not that passionate about sports mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh i'm more passionate about entrepreneurs and being a business owner I, and I guess that relates to my own story and all the work that I had to do you know yeah so uh if you were to um give one piece of advice to my audience which is um business owners entrepreneurs um network marketers sales professionals mm -hmm. if you were to give them one piece of advice for them to succeed in their businesses, what would you give? What would you say? Yeah, I would say that whenever you feel every time you level up and you feel that resistance and you question yourself, it's not a new resistance and it's not a glass ceiling from above. That's a myth. It's okay. your own inner stuff. It just comes up in different shapes and forms. And we all have our blind spots. So don't, uh, you know, be kind to yourself, be compassionate with yourself because you are doing your best. And I would say, if you are ambitious, if you want to step up, find someone that understands that inner game, because that's where the, the real power is. It's, you do have that power on the inside. If you have a big ambition, it's because you also have the power to achieve it and, yeah and don't listen to the voices that say well you just have to work harder or it's 
it's just a head thing, you know, just get your head right because there's more to it than that. And give yourself like, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and, 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 and be proud of what you're doing and, and feel those emotions very often, just allowing them to, to exist, just sit. I call it sitting in the pain, just sit in the pain often resolves things because emotion up about it don't beat yourself up about it allow yeah. those thoughts and and sit in it and it will yeah. pass okay. and, and it, you know because emotions are made are meant to move right emotions are meant to be in motion they're not mm -hmm. meant to be stuck so what often happens with you know like the most brilliant people amongst us is that they have when you have a very like like you janice like your your intellect is brilliant right well, but, thank you for that <laughs> i don't think so but thank you all right I'll, <laughs> trust I'll me trust me on this one but what also <laughs> happens is that then we can be very critical um, uh, around ourselves because when you see everything so clearly mm -hmm. then we also see our own shortcomings and mistakes and we tend to magnify them well said yeah so and we don't do that with other people but we do it with ourselves so we're and then we don't do the inner work to get over that or hum for to yeah. because we don't take the time for ourselves that we that we probably need right. to Right. Yeah. And that's what I see with my clients, because all of my clients are extremely intelligent, high achieving people, you know, but they're also very judgmental towards themselves. And then as they become more compassionate and kind towards themselves, then they're once again, the relationships changes, you know, yeah. the, their family dynamic changes, the relationship with you know when they walk into a boardroom or they're sitting on you know on these big meetings with with other leaders and ex, uh, executives they the discussion is on a very different level because mm -hmm. they are able to also be compassionate mm -hmm. with the other decision makers around the table and that changes also so it really changes i find the dynamic uh, amongst you know like if one person in uh in a corporation does this work it changes the whole corporation that is yeah, what i find i can see that absolutely because somebody was brave enough to speak up and say something in a different way or from a different perspective the emotions rather than the intellect yes. then oh my goodness right that would start a new conversation so that's really fascinating yes. and interesting and i think we could talk about this for hours um however we don't have hours so um how come people get hold of you and do you um do you offer an opportunity for people to have like a, a discovery session with you or a, um, a call to see if you're the right fit for them or whatever? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, there, you can actually go to my website and you can schedule a, a 15 minute session just to see if, if we resonate because yes. I'm, I'm kind of picky about the people I work with. You should be. I think you yeah. should be. Absolutely. And I expect my clients to be. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think it goes both ways. 
So if we, if we don't click, if it doesn't work, then none of us wants to work with each other. Right. Right. And, and I want, yeah. So I want to give people that opportunity, you know, if it doesn't resonate, well, you know, have fun and find someone else. Yeah. No, you're, you're delightful because that's so true. It's obvious. It, it, it's, it's not obvious, but it's um, honesty that to, um, you know, to put that out there for sure. Um, yeah. So one last question. Uh, are you, well, it's a two part question, but are you a reader or a, a podcast oh, yeah. listener or an audiobook? I'm a book lover. Are you? And so yeah. do you read novels or do you read business books and self I <laughs> I force myself to read novels every now and then, but I'm yeah. I'm I'm super curious with you know everything within my uh the the realm that I'm working with, you know, with with personal yeah. development and, and energy work because I okay. find it so fascinating. Yeah. So do you have, what's the book or three books that you're reading now? Like, I know that for me, it's always more than one book. And I'm like you, I force myself maybe once a year to read a novel. And the last novel I read came from so many people saying, oh, that was such a good book. That was such a good book. I had it for like a year until I finally read it. And it was a good book. The uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, I think it's called. It's an amazing book. It'll be a movie. Someday. Anyway. Um, so, but mostly I read business and self-help books. So what's your flavor of the month right now? My flavor of the month. Uh, well, right now I am rereading uh, my teacher and friend and mentor and coach, uh, uh, Margaret Lynch Ranieri's book, Unblocked, which really oh. talks a lot about the lower self, because if we're going to build our businesses, you know, higher self-work won't do it. You need to do the lower self work because that's where the money is. That's where the power is. And that's where all the yucky good stuff is. So that's <laughs> what I really recommend. Yeah. Very good. That's, that's interesting and amazing because I think about, um, you know, I, the visual of the glass ceiling and that we, um, we need to learn and relearn or whatever that, that, that we're our own, um, we're blocking it ourselves. And so we need to do the inner lower body emotional work to and, break through. Yeah, we know this actually, because I think everyone knows the the hierarchy of uh, the hierarchy Maslow. of needs, Maslow's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when it says, you know, the, the foundation mm -hmm. is safety, food, we, we need to have a foundation, right? And then self-actualization is on the top. And everyone is going for the top. Well, you need, I, I have a background in construction. The taller you want to build, the stronger the foundation needs to be. So we right. need to do the foundational work. It's a great place to wrap it up because that's so true. And so I thank you, Monica, for uh, your wisdom and your um, passion for what you do. Thank and you. thank you for being here. And thank you to my audience for listening again. And we would love to hear your comments. And I will put Monica's information in the show notes, of course. And so please go and check out her work and see if it's a fit for you, because we all need to work on ourselves and value ourselves enough to do that. Yeah. Thank you again. And remember yeah. to stay connected and be remembered. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.